want you to come away with me to the book of Proverbs. Oh, God is blessing our socks off. There is something major headed your way. I hear you talking, Bishop. Hallelujah. Well, you ain't got to receive it. <laughs> you ain't got to receive it. Hallelujah. Ain't no sense of getting, you know, ugly about it. You ain't got to receive it. But for those that receive it, something major is headed your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you, God, done already gave you a glimpse of it. You already done seen it by faith. Glory be to God. Some of you saw it in a dream. You saw it in a vision. Mm -mm -mm. And you're just waiting for the fullness of it before you can just really let it out and let it go. I need you to go to Proverbs 30th chapter. This month, we're doing with, we're renewed like the Eagles this month. It's our second Sunday dealing with it. I want to talk to you briefly about raising mighty eagles. Say that with me. Raising mighty eagles. Hallelujah. And you can say what you want, but I'm an eagle. Out of all the birds you can think of, but God said that I am an eagle. Hallelujah. And there's so much to the study of an eagle until, of course, I just won't do it justice, but I'm going to try to do the best I can. But I'm telling you, there's so much in that and becoming an eagle as a believer that is just, it, it, listen, it just blow your mind literally. Amen. I believe eagles are birthed when they make commitments and then keep those commitments even when they don't feel like it. Whether you know it or not, eagle is a committed bird. Not like some of the other birds who you have to wonder about because they, you know, was tell you one thing like a chicken and do another. And I don't believe eagles are birth doing just, you know, something easy because, uh, you know, they, they, they start off in the high place. Up in the mountaintops. And they are birth doing something that they should do the most of the time they don't want to do. And so... Eagles are committed even though the task may be hard or difficult. And every person has an eagle in him or her if they are born again. And so deep, deep inside, we have the markings of an eagle. How deep will you go? And I think that's a valid question to ask believers. How deep will you go and how deep will you let God go in your life? Because some of us, all we want is just a surface. Our life dictates it. We don't want to get into deep things of God. We just want just a little dab of do you. We want to be a surface Christian. We don't want to go deep as God want to take us. We just want to have just a form of it. Right. We just want people to think that we got it going on, but we really don't. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Ephesians 3 and 17 says, That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye may be rooted and grounded in love, and may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So God wants to do a deep work in us. Do you believe that? And you know when God starts digging deep, it doesn't always feel good. God didn't tell you that everything that he's going to do with you and through you is going to feel good. Some of the best makings is the things that was hard. That made you who you are right now. It was the difficult things that brought you higher. Are you following me? And so Psalms 42 and 7 says, deep call it unto deep. So God wants to take you deeper before he takes you higher. The deep call it upon the deep at the noise of and water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. 
There are deep places in your heart that's calling for the deeper things in God. And so, uh, in other words, you're hungry for more. Say that with me. I'm hungry for more. Would you ask the one next to you, be so kind and smile and say, are you hungry for more? I say, I can't tell what they're smiling because they got the mask. It's all right. They are. But let's just say, say it again. Are you hungry for more? But I have one question. Are you willing to pay the price to get it? There's a price to pay. For some of you, it may be just giving up an attitude. Some people won't give up an attitude to have a deeper walk with God. See, your attitude is not right. Some won't give up self-pity. Some won't give up bitterness or resentment. You got to allow God to do a work in you. And some won't give up offense. You know, they won't. They they, they don't. They don't want to change. You know, they want to give won't give up offense that they got against somebody. They want. They they want a deeper walk with God, but they don't want to change. And no matter how many times we go around the mountain, God is not going to change his mind. He has one way to live, and that is holy. Amen. So you can call it all you want, you can label it what you want, but inside that can, Dave, you better have the goods. Are you following me? It can be brick, it can be wood, it can be whatever it is, but I'm telling you, inside there, there must be the goods. You can dress it up. You can look good. You can have on a, a shirt of many colors like I got on today. But on the inside, you better have the goods. And so I believe in the, in the, the, we are in the hour that we, uh, we live in that we must be fiercely devoted like the eagle. And I believe that God is planting in his people's heart. And, uh, and, and you sense a deeper calling of the spirit of God for you to come deeper and leave the shadow things of the earth and seek his face and know him in the power of his resurrection. God has created the eagle in such a way that it would be an example to us. The eagle, interesting enough, is extremely committed. And I believe in order for us to have that deeper walk with God, we must be like the eagle. And, and, and let me say this. You cannot go higher until you go deeper. And right now in where we are, there are people that want to live shadow lives. There's a call for the gathering of the eagles. That's what the Bible says. Gather the eagles. Of course, we know eagles don't travel in packs or nothing like that, flocks or anything like that. But eagles, they, there's a time where we need to gather the eagles because the eagles have the same attitude, and that is commitment. Are you hearing me? So the Bible likened us as trees, and when we see a giant tree with those wide branches, and however wide those branches are, the roots have to be equally that deep. And if there's no root system to support the branches, then the first little breeze that come by is going to blow that tree over. And that's how some folk were. When that pandemic hit, that little wind that came by, they were blown away. They were blown over. And a lot of them that you thought that was committed, now they're nowhere to be found. But I'm telling you that my roots go deep. That's going to take more than that to blow me over because God has did too much for me. And no pandemic going to take that away from me. My so my roots go deep. Hallelujah. And so one of the things that we have to be rooted in is our commitment. Say that with me. I must be rooted in my commitment. So you have to know what God wants us to do, and we have to be fiercely committed to what God wants us to do. And we have to have that uh, uh, a dogged determination. I'm telling you that, but be like the bulldog, yeah. 
the bulldog, once that bulldog holds on it, locks on to something, hallelujah, it won't let it go. And somebody say even a pit bull, hallelujah, they will not let it go. And when an eagle holds on to its prey, she will die rather than give up. And that's how committed she is. And I've decided that I cannot do all that God has called me to do. And I have to do all that God has for me to do. I cannot not do what God has called me to do because I know that he has called me to do something. And you got to be determined that you're going to do what God called you to do. No matter what other folks are saying. You cannot leave just because other folk are leaving. You cannot give in or give up because other folk are giving in and giving up. You are committed to the call. The people didn't call you. The job didn't call you. Your kinfolk didn't call you. Your husband or your wife didn't call you. God called you. And when God called you, you got to stick with the call that God made to your life. So that's where we are. I can remember, you know, you sometimes you gotta you 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 might be in a place where you're waiting to get where God wants you to go because there's levels, there's steps in life. There's steps in life. God, the way you start out is not gonna be the way you end up. Are you following me? And see, some folk they get they get too fast, they get too grown, and they want to go get ahead of God. And they don't want to wait and mature and let God work his perfect work in them. Are you following me? You know, before we was doing what we're doing now, the first lady and I, I can remember many things that we did before we were called to do what we're doing now. We did all of it. We did street ministry. We went out in the streets, borrowed, witnessing the people, things of that nature. Amen. Talking like, talking like, talking like Deacon Little, the things of that nature. And, you know, uh-huh, children, church. Director of the choir, we was treasurer, Nur we did the nursing home, we were secretary, hallelujah, deacon ministry, I did that, prayer team, hospitality visitation, praise team, building custodian, y'all ain't, ain't talking, Bible study, we were teaching Bible study, pastoral care staff, we were part of the team ministry, we taught the team, musician, yeah, we did that, teaching, teaching team. Hallelujah, uh-huh, administrative team, evangelism. We did all of that before we are where we are now. Listen, let me ask you something. If God cannot count on you to commit to the things that he wants you to do, why you, you get to where he wants you to be, how can he trust you with the smaller things? You fussing and griping about the little things you're responsible for. How can he give you great responsibility if you can't commit to where you are now? We got people in our churches that not committed to anything. They barely come to church. And they're doing a poor job of that because they're not committed to that. Oh, see, I'm, 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 I got quiet. I got the hush ministry right here. They're not committed to that. They come when they want to. They leave when they get ready. They do what they want to do. Disrespect. While the man of God is up, they don't care. Miss Bible study, miss that. We ask you to come to training to make you better disciples. I ain't going to that. I got other stuff to do. Not knowing that it is a setup, it's a test. God wants to promote you, but he can't until you do the small things. And some of us, we think we're smart. Well, I don't want to be nobody. I don't want to be no deacon. I don't want to be no minister. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be this, and I don't want to be that. But what about what God wants you to be? 
See, you ain't, you ain't messing with me. You messing with God. And so you're like, you're all right, uh-huh, I fixed the bishop, I fixed him. I don't want to be nothing. So if I don't want to be nothing, so I ain't accountable to nothing. No, it ain't about me, it's about God. So all those people that you were supposed to bless, you're not going to bless them because you're not in the place where you need to be. And all them blessings that he was going to give you for being in the right place, you're going to miss those. And you say, well, I got a good life. I'm, but he wanted to give you double of what you have now. But you ain't going to get it because of your attitude. I'm tired of church folk. I ain't fooling with them church folk. I got to go on my vacation. I got to do it. Listen, Bishop, get a vacation in too. And I still got to deal with y'all. You ain't said nothing. Hallelujah. I got to deal with all these attitudes and I still take care of that fine woman over there. Hallelujah. It's not about what you got to do. It's how you organize what you got to do. You got to prioritize. Hallelujah. See, some people think that they, you know, faking out and thinking, well, you know, the, the church don't need me. They ain't miss me. It ain't even about the church. It's about what God called you to do. You know how I know? Because when we get in trouble, we're real faithful. You don't miss nothing when you're in trouble. When you're going through, you'll be like, God, now listen, I know you, God. But soon as everything gets smoothed out, Everything look good, then you get slack. I know what I'm talking about. Look, look at all the empty seats right here. Just slack. But before the pandemic, man, we were going this way. We had more seats in. We, it was more seats in. We, had, we moved some out, so, you know, push it together. It was going like this. Then all of a sudden, hallelujah. But I'm not discouraged. Because if they go right back this way, I am not discouraged. Because you know why? Because Harvey B. and Veronica B., we are committed to the call of God. If they get it, they get it. If they don't get it, they don't get it. But we are committed to the call of God. And God is calling his people to commitment. Now, let's, let's be honest. We are not as committed as we could be. And somebody hollering, yes, I am, you're lying. You are not as committed as you could be. Because, see, we come up with ways not to be here. How about making ways to be here? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Friday night. Did I say Friday night? Friday night. We had one of the best marriage ministry series on this side of heaven where they taught us how to encourage each other. I know somebody said, I don't need that. I don't need to know how to encourage my wife. I don't need to know how to encourage my husband. They share with us ways that we can encourage each other. And here's the thing. Even if you knew it, you need a refresher course. See, here's your problem. This is why you're not committed. I, I, and listen, I ain't trying to get no popularity today. They ain't showing that. Uh, listen, I ain't worried about that. Here's the thing. You are not committedly, committed wholeheartedly because if you were, it ain't even about whether you got a troubled marriage or not. See, the marriage ministry is not, see, some of y'all got a, a, a misnomer. You, you, you got it mixed up. You think the marriage ministry is for those that are going through marriage. Yes, sir. 
in their marriage. No, our marriage ministry is not for those that are going through in their marriage. It, you may be going through. That may be the case. But it's not solely for you that are going through in your marriage. My wife and I going next in a couple of months, 40 years, we come to the marriage ministry because we want to get better with what we already have. And I come because I'm committed to her and she's committed to me. Maybe perhaps I can tweak something or make something even better until she just, listen, just blow her mind all the way out. I know it's already blown, but I want to blow the rest of it. I know, the, I know, I know, I know I done blew out about three fuses, but I want to get the rent the other five. You understand? So marriage ministry is not for trouble. This is for you to just improve upon what you already have. And you know, we can be married as long as we want. But listen, you can say what you want. But everybody in here ought to want to encourage somebody. And everybody in here want to want to be encouraged. But see, you don't like to be committed. Have men talk on Monday. Some of y'all ain't been to men talk since Pluto was a puppy. I, I, I need my monies. I need my monies. God has something for you just if you were just committed to that one hour, it may just turn your whole household around. You may find something in you that will cause you to become better as a man. But your lack of commitment. Some of you all, when you first got here, and it don't matter, you've been here 10 years, people can sit here 10 years and still not committed. You could be here 20 years and you're still not committed. You come, but you're not committed. Just because you're in attendance don't mean you're committed. So you can be sitting here in your heart somewhere else. I wish you would hurry up and come on here. He's talking about commitment. He's just beating that down. Uh, we already committed. No, you're not. God wouldn't have me talk about it if you were. Hallelujah. All over country, even right here in our city, you see signs, help wanted. Right here, we need to put up signs on all churches. Believers want it, members want it. Members wanted to come back to church. Members to be committed. I get sick and tired of them sending the deacons to call me and the elders to call me and checking up on me. And if we didn't check up on you, you would have something to say about that. They don't never check up on nobody over there. They know I'm over here hurting. But I tell you, y'all got something to say about everything. If we get deviling us, say, well, go on then. I'm going to call you. Just go ahead on. I don't want to call you anyway. What do we get deviling us and say that? That's not right. I'm still, ring. Well, they act like they, they, know, they, they know your number now. Yeah, they might put your name in and everything. But our attitude was this. When, when we did all those things, when we were coming up first lady and I, we are committed to every position, ministry that God sees fit for us to work in at this time. If you're usher, we want you to be committed. You're on the hospitality team. We want you to be committed. 
I know it's last minute, but we need you to serve on the line because we ain't got that many people to come serve on Wednesday. I, well, not, I, I, don't, don't look at me. And I just feel bold in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel led to just tell y'all some of y'all have an attitude that stinks. And you just need to get rid of it. Your old raunchy attitude, it's just nasty. Your disposition, the way but, but we come walking towards you, you just start looking stink. When church folk got it bad, they'll kill a pastor and say, next. They'll work him and his wife and family to death if you let them. Some of you guys, y'all, when y'all become pastors, don't you let them people work you to death. You use all of your leadership and your resources. Every now and then I call all the members, but you know, I'm not doing that every week. And I then I get on the phone. Ooh, this is Bishop calling me. What did I do to deserve this? I wouldn't have had to call you if I'd have been talking to you from week to week. Because if I see you on Wednesday, I've already talked to you. Hello. So we need to get rid of this attitude. Y'all agree? You know, and some of them, y'all just forgive me. I'm just, I guess I'm on a soapbox today. I'm too good to do this, and I, I'm only anointed to do this here, the other thing. I, I, that's not my anointing. And, you know, and some people never get in on the real call of God on their life because they, they will not lay their hands on the other things that are uh, they're to be done while they're waiting for God to bring them into the thing that he has anointed them to do. While you're waiting on your anointing, uh, occupy. Be busy until God brings you into that place where you know that that's where he wants you to flow. Why? Because it's a test. Say that with me, it's a test. And I'm here to tell y'all, let me drop this in your spirit. Everything right now that you're faced with is a test right now. It's a test for you to come to church. It's a test for you to be faithful to your team ministry. It's a test for you in your, 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 your relationship. It's a test for you on your job. Everything right now is a test. And y'all help me out. First, help me out, first lady. You, you, the, you the guru of teachers over there at the school. Uh, if you don't pass your test, you can't get promoted to the next grade. Because you got a series of failing tests. What do your report card look like here at the winning church? What if I had to give all of y'all grade cards or report cards of how you do here at this church. Some of y'all done started looking funny. Uh-oh, first let's have a lot of Fs. So God is testing your attitude and your willingness to be a servant. And we need to be committed. So we have to get rid of this wishy-washy Christian. I think First Lady said something about wishy-washy today. You can't get, you know, you can get all kinds of people to sign up to work in the nursery, and then two weeks later, you can't find nobody. Right now, we, we can't hardly find people to sing. We need folk to try it for the praise team. Child, they practice too much. We need to try out. 
We need, we need some folk to try for the, for the preaching. And some of us, we've been going to this church, and we're not committed to not one ministry. Did you say not one? Yes, not one ministry. You're not committed to not one ministry. God help us. We're not committed to not one ministry. And so, you know, people, you know, they can, they can jump and, and do things in emotions, and when the emotions are not there to support that, them anymore. They don't know anything about commitment. We got to understand commitment. And commitment means that you do it when you feel like it. Yeah. You do it when you don't feel like it. Yeah. You do it when it's convenient. You do it when it's inconvenient. You do it in season. You do it out of season. Are y'all following me? You just do it what you need to do because, why? You are an eagle Christian. An eagle Christian or eagle Christians are people of integrity. They say what they are going to do and they do what they say. They swear to their hurt and change not. I do not believe that any person will ever do anything very great for God if they are not going to be people of integrity and people of excellence. Now, I know when we think about the ego, the first thing that we think about is majestic, powerful, awesome, wonder, splendor. And the Bible likens us to an ego. Let's read the scripture that I gave you from the beginning, Proverbs 30 and uh, 18. Are you there? There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. Verse 19. Number one, he said three things, then the four he know not. The way of an eagle, that's wonderful to me. The way of a serpent upon a rock, that's a wonderful thing for me. And the way of a ship in the midst of the sea. But then he said something, this fourth one I don't know. And the way of a man with a maid. Uh, man, he said, man, dealing with a woman is something that I tell you I really don't understand. He said, I understand all the other things, but boy, dealing with a woman... You better have Jesus. <laughs> and this coming from Solomon that had all kind of women. Now, after having that many women, he should be able to say he, he understands, but he said, I still don't understand. See, that's a mystery to me how you can deal with a woman. She's a mystery. Hallelujah. And I know some of y'all ain't saying amen, but it's all right. Amen. I, I'm just looking at what I'm looking at. Amen. You just, you, you're just, you're just, you know, you've been created by God, and you're fifthly and you're wonderfully made. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. That's, yes, you are. Yes, you are. But Bishop, don't deal with that. Deal with the ego. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The way of the eagle is too wonderful for me to understand. So the word uh, way means lifestyle, mannerism, or custom. That's the word, where the word way to mean. The eagle has learned behavior, and it is an inher inherent behavior. There is some uh, behavior that is learned from its parents. Then there's some behavior that's embedded in them by creature or by their creator. And one of the outstanding characteristics of the eagle is that of its tremendous commitment. And I know that's what we're talking about, the commitment. The eagle lives a committed lifestyle. And I don't know if you notice it today, but there seems to be a big problem with commitment in our church world at large. How many of you can bear witness that, you know, there's a big problem? There's... 
there's a, a, a big problem with commitment, and I'm telling you, man, uh, we've got to understand this commitment because I've learned from Scripture that there's safety in that commitment. Because commitment is not the easiest thing to do. Because commitment invades your life. Commitment messes with your privacy. Commitment messes with your freedom. Commitment means sometimes what you got to do is give up what you really want to do in life for somebody else. In the middle of the night, you don't feel like getting up, going all the way to the refrigerator and get your wife a glass of water, but you're committed. When she pregnant and she got a taste for something that you don't have at the house, you get up, put your clothes on, and go and try to find it because you committed. Ain't getting no amen from the men. Some of the young guys saying, what? <laughs> you ain't married yet, brother, so you'll see. You, you, you'll see. You do things that don't really make sense because you're committed. It don't make sense to eat pickles and ice cream at the same time, but you're committed. That's what she wants. I know you ain't saying amen, but it's okay. The Bible says that the truth will set us free or make us free. But it's not the truth about someone else that will set you free. It, it's the truth about you that will set you free. I heard people say, you know, uh, uh, be free because, you know, if the spirit leads them to do something else that they want, uh, don't want to be tied down. The Spirit is not here for you to just be selfish. Commitment is a safety for us. Because when we get committed to other people, then we get up, you know, and, you know, when we, when, when, when we get committed to other people, then we get up in our stinky flesh and, 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 and don't want to do what we ought to do. You've got to be, you, when you're not committed to other people, that's how you think. You think that, hey, it's all about you. You don't think about nobody else. And that's why some of you all ain't going to last long if you don't get committed. Relationships are built off of commitment. That commitment is already on life support if there's no commitment. That, that relationship is not going to last long. Because I'm going to tell you something. In any relationship, it's not going to be the way you want it to be always. Get that out of your head. It's not going to be the way you want it to be always. I don't care how beautiful it is right now. After you say I do, there's going to be some trouble along the way. There will be testing time. How good are you in passing tests? Oh, I'm a good test taker. Well, you about to, we about to find out. You just married the test. Some of y'all married to a test and don't even know it. You just thought it was all dressed up. Oh, it looks so good. One plus one is one. Two plus two is four. And four plus four is Oh, that looks so good. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to be scratching up not late. This don't add up right here. This ain't adding up. Wait a minute. Let me see that. No, it still don't add up. How, how did it get like this? Y'all used to like me, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. There is safety in commitment. Say that with me. There is safety in commitment. Y'all didn't say it the way I said it. Say it like I said. There is safety in commitment. Thank you very much. You don't like commitment because it deals with self. 
you got to get self out of the way. When you deal with commitment, you get self out of the way. That's why you stay in a ministry because you got self out of the way. People leave because they got self in the way. It's about what they wanted. Hallelujah. If I'm committed, I, I, I can no longer live a selfish, self-centered, self-serving lifestyle. Commitment requires discipline in our feelings and our desires. Commitment places a demand upon me. Commitment can even steal my monetary pleasure. It ain't about what I feel. Well, you know, I don't feel good about doing this. I don't feel good about doing that. No, it ain't about me feeling anything. It's because I gave my word and I'm there. I don't feel like saying I love you today. I don't feel like pouring you a cup of coffee. I don't feel like going to the grocery store. It ain't about you feeling nothing. We got to eat. Somebody got to go to the grocery store. I don't feel like putting no gas in the car. Well, walk then. Think because they got they don't feel something, everybody supposed to feel like they feel. If everybody felt like you felt, nothing would get done. That's why you have to give out in order to bring in. Oh, I like that. You gotta give out in order to bring in. If you want love, give out love. If you want compliments, give compliments. What you want to reap, you must be willing to sow. And you know how you, you know how to, sometimes you think you're doing something, you say, you know, I don't like you no more. And you keep saying, I don't like you no more. I don't like you no more. I don't like you no more. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. Until after a while you say, you know, I really don't like that. Because you done rehearsed and said it so much until it done become a part of you. Look how quiet it got in there. She, your words are powerful. When I just sit up and just think about it, I just tell my wife, babe, I love you. And she'll say, I love you too. And then I say, babe, I, I love you. She said, okay, I love you. Now she's now she getting a little tired now, you know. But the reason why I do that, because I want to keep repeating that. So whatever comes out of me, I really love her. Are you Whether she's getting upset or not, I know what I'm doing for me. Because if I keep doing that, and what's, what I'm getting back, she, she returns it by saying she loves me. Hallelujah. And some of us think we're doing something. Well, you know, uh, I love them, but I don't like them. <laughs> now, you act like you're trying to trick God. You ain't tricking God. Act, you acting like you all that and you so easy to love. Some of y'all hard to love, too. It was, it was hard for God to love you, but he loved you anyway with your hard head itself. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. I know I done done something to make God shake his head. I already know it. But thank God he loved me through it. Last time I checked, all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. But thank God that he had enough love to love me through it. Man, people can make it through anything if you're willing to love them through it. They can come on through that thing. They won't give up if you love them through it. That's all somebody waiting on for them. Somebody just love them through the thing and they'll come out of the thing. 
need me somebody to love me through this thing. Bishop, if I just had some church members that love me through it, I'll come on through it. I won't stay at the house and turn the lights off and my God pull the, dra- the shades down and, and close the curtain. I'll come out of that dark place and I'll bring myself to church because I realize that I am somebody. Even though the other folk that I thought that loved me gave up on me and left me by myself, divorced me and left me, but they thought I, it was over for me, but it's not over for you. God is starting a new chapter in your life. It is not over for you. Who am I talking to in here? This is your fresh new start. Count me out, but God counted me in. Come on, tell everybody so they'll know it. Say, you say they may count me out, but God counted me in. And tell them, say, when God count me in, I'm in there. I'm really in there. Tell them, I'm in there, in there. When God counts me in, that's all that matters. I'm in there. You can't let people count you out. Say, uh-oh, I see that you about to fall. The devil is a liar. God is bringing me higher than I ever been before. This is just a temporary test what I'm going through. But after a while, God going to promote me from this thing. I'm going to let all y'all know that gave up on me that God did not kick me to the curb. You got to stay committed to the end. Come on, say it to yourself. I'm committed to the end. Hard. The word commitment don't, is not, not in a lot of people's uh, mind or attitude. Are you following? I may not be able to do uh, the thing right now that feels good to me if I'm committed. But it is the key to the victorious living is the way of the eagle. We, the eagle is committed. And you know, and that's in every department. When we, we talk about church because we're in church, but it's hard to get people committed to anything. Most churches have gone through a series of singers, a series of musicians, because that lack of commitment. Thank God for Brother John over here. He's been committed here for years. Listen to me, listen to me. Write this down. You will never find a truly great person who's not committed. All the people who I know that's great, they're committed people. And behind the greatness, there's always a lifestyle of a fierce devotion and a commitment to the living God. Nothing gets me churned up more than this kind of stuff because I love to see people stick with something and, and, you know, and, and finally come through in victory. When you stick with something, you are going to come through in victory victory. I see some of you all when you first got here, you man, you was you was <laughs> you you really wasn't doing what God called you to do. You really didn't, some of you didn't even understand what God was calling you to do. But you stuck with it. You stayed here. You did not leave. Even if you came shacking, you didn't you didn't you didn't stop coming. You wind up getting married and God blessed your life because you left from a, a disobedient point to now you're in obedience. And when you walk in obedience, you can't help but be blessed and you tell all the folk about the blessing that God you can't you can't be blessed walking in disobedience the people who give in obedience we don't have to go and uh, bail them out and try to give them something they go and do it and go and do that and whatever else I believe that a lot of time when we're going through it is because somebody within the home or somebody within the marriage or somebody within the relationship decided to do what they wanted to do and they put everybody else in jeopardy. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime a man divorces his wife and leaves him with children, he has become selfish and he put his family at jeopardy. When he don't want to hold fast to his responsibility, he put his family in jeopardy. I got to go to the poor house because you selfish. Now, I, I, I know it's quiet. 
And it's like this right here. Dr. Timothy the Deeds uh, in Fort Bennett sent me this. He said, there's a difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. Listen to me real good. But when you're committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. You want me to say that again? He said that there's a difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. But when you are committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. In other words, I don't, wor don't worry about me. I will be there. I'm not going to make any excuse why I cannot be committed. Some of us are joining the team. The first two times, we did smile. Join the greeters team. Ooh, welcome to the winning church. All of us over here winners. Child, yes. You looking at a winner. <coughs> Next couple of months, you get on the schedule. Um, can you greet today? <coughs> Something wrong with my throat. Okay, well, we'll get somebody in your place. Uh, how about the next month? Well, I'll be out of town. Well, what about uh, next, next month? Well, uh, you know, my, my, my daughter, uh, she got me keeping her child. And I, you know, and I, that, just, that child just, I just can't, you know, I'm just, I, I, I just lose everything when I'm with that baby. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. Now, you're proving to me that you are not committed. Because when you want to do what you want to do, even though you have children, you will find a way to do it. Beyonce come to Atlanta in a concert, you'll find a babysitter to keep those children for hours. Because they're going to take you a little minute to drive up there and then park and everything. And y'all going to be in the concert for about three hours. And then they're going to take you a little minute to get out of there. And then y'all got to get something to eat. So you'll find somebody to keep that baby. Because you're going to be with Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce going to be. <laughs> Beyonce going to be popping and you'll be right there with her. Come on, girl. When you want to do something, you're going to find a way to do it. You're right. You're right. George Bulldog's doing good now. A couple of months, you're going to find a way to get you a ticket to get there. I don't care if the ticket's $700. College, college tickets are higher than NFL. You're going, find, you're going to find a way to go see them George Bulldogs. You're going to find a way to see them in that family. Don't let the church ask you to do nothing. That's how y'all how young folks say nothing. Not nothing, nothing. Say nothing. N O T I N. Nothing. Well, commitment is inherited in the eagle's behavior. Listen to this. After one year, the eagle becomes independent when he is on, when he's one year old, he becomes very independent. His eyesight is good. His talons are sharp. He can fly. He can, he can even soar. He can find his own food. And so he lives his independent lifestyle. Now, do you know what the independent attitude is a part of the baby stage of Christianity? Did you know that? Until he's three years old, he lives this independent lifestyle. I don't need anybody. I can do it myself. If I do it myself, then I know that it's right. I would rather not mess with anyone else because you're too slow and I'm a fast person and I just want to do it and get it over with. 
And if I leave, you'll get involved, and you won't be, you won't do it exactly the way that I want it done. And you know, I'm a perfectionist anyway, and it has to be exactly the way that I want it done. That's how you talk when you're independent. But say this with me: You need to need people. Everybody in here needs somebody. Yes, you need your spouse, but you need other people too. I know you say people just, you know, hurt you and let you down and, you know, really don't want to be bothered, you know. But God wants you to deal with other people. That's why he put you in other people here. We are all a part of one body, like it or not. And we are all going to have to be committed if we're going to see this thing through until the end. You've got to be committed. John 15 and 5 says, put that up there. says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. At the age of four, the, the eagle indistinctly begins to go through a change. They begin to feel strange and odd on the inside. And I can imagine that's how they feel. Isn't that, that's how we feel when we, uh, when things are changed on the inside of us. We feel strange, odd, and uneasy when things are changing. And it seems like you're leaving something on something and you, you don't know uh, uh, where you're headed. And you're not where you used to be, but you're not where you're going to be. That's what we say. And we feel somewhere stuck in the middle. And, and you don't understand at all what is happening to you. The ego begins to realize that it has not created uh, uh, to live to itself for itself and for its own pleasure. And at that point in life, it distinctly begins to seek a mate. Let me finish it up. It seeks the, a mate. And as the eagle matures, it begins to realize that it needs other people or other eagles. And it has a need to share its life with someone else. The eagle begins to uh, have a need to not be the only one in the sphere of thinking. The eagle begins to realize that its world cannot be just full of itself. Can I get a witness? There's no such thing as maturity as long as we are deeply rooted in meism. You're not going to mature if you're deeply rooted in meism. And that's exactly what the New Age movement is all about. It's about me. From the top to the bottom. Me, 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 me. God does not want us independent. He wants us totally dependent on him. That's what God wants. He wants us to be dependent on him. And that's all the New Age movement is about. It's about me. And I can heal myself. I can help myself. I'm the king of everything. And that's really the major thing that Satan is using these last days. And I don't think that for a minute that it's not, it cannot creep into our church. Because you know if you're not careful, you'll think it's all about yeah, you. I'm going through to take me higher than I ever gone before. Can you say amen? If you got a sickness in your body, allow God's healing to get up under your wings. And say, I know that God can and that God will heal my body. I'm not going to walk around looking sad. I'm not going to walk around looking bad. I'm not going to walk around looking depressed. I'm not going to walk around looking like I don't know what time it is. But I know what time it is. It's healing time. It's deliverance time. Can you say amen? It's break due time. Ask your neighbor, do you know what time it is? Look at him and say, yes. I know what time it is. It's God's time. It's deliverance time. It's the eagle's time. It's time for us to rise. Rise above all this stuff that's going on in our lives. Can you say amen? What used to get you down?
down. Uh, it don't get you down anymore. Uh, what used to get you going uh, and get you upset uh, and cause you to start fussing and cussing. Uh, it don't turn you like that anymore. Uh, all it does for you, uh, it calls you to go on your bending knees uh, and call on God. Uh, and the old folks told me, uh, if you call on Jesus, uh, he will, he will answer prayer. Do I have a witness that know that when you call on God, he will answer prayer? Has he answered anybody in here? He has answered my cry. Can you say amen? It's time for the believers to stop acting like chickens uh, and acting like turkeys uh, and acting like cuckoos uh, and acting like cockatoos uh, and acting like all those other birds. Uh, you are not a buzzard. Uh, you are not a vulture. Uh, you are an eagle. Uh, and eagles do what eagles do. Uh, when it gets in trouble, uh, it knows what to do. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, all you gotta know uh, what the wind represents uh, is the Holy Ghost uh, and what God is saying. Uh, if you got the Holy Ghost, uh, God's got you. Uh, there will be nothing uh, that gets up under you uh, that will pull you down. Uh, everything that's beneath you uh, will lift you up. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, find your neighbor to talk to uh, and say everything that's under me will not pull me down. It will push me up to my blessed place. Uh, I'm on my way uh, to my blessed place. Uh, I'm going higher, 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 higher. Are you ready? Are you ready to go higher? Get somebody air fire uh, and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go higher. Come on and go with me, cause we're going higher. Come on, let's go higher. Find somebody else and say, come on, let's go higher. Come on, let's get lifted up. Let the Lord lift me up where I belong. Let the Lord lift me up where he wants me to be. Can you say amen? Let the chickens keep on talking. Let the rooster keep on crowing. But God is about to lift me up. Can you say amen? Hallelujah to God. He's ready to lift us up. He's ready to take you higher. But are you ready? Slap somebody else five and say, are you ready? Look up dead in the eye and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So we're ready now. We're committed now. Look at somebody and say, I'm committed now. God can count on me. God can count on me. Now look at him and say, can I count on you? You can count on me. Can I count on you? Can I count on you? You can count on me. I'm committed to the things of God. I'm committed to this church. I'm committed to what God wants me to do. I'm ready. Throw up both of your hands and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go higher in God. Shout yeah. Yeah. I'm committed. I'm committed. 
gonna have to look for me. I'm gonna meet you there. I'm committed to men talk. Committed to women fellowship. Women of worth. If you know you're a woman of worth, you should be at the fellowship. I'm committed to Bible study. I'm committed to the prayer service. I'm committed to the discipleship training. I'm committed on my team ministry. And if I don't have a team ministry, I'm going to find one I can get on so I can be committed. God wants commitment. Everything that's in my household is going to be committed. See, commitment has nothing to do with you wanting to be there or what you want to do. It got nothing about what you want to do, what you feel. I feel like they'll do all right without me. It ain't got nothing to do with your feelings. Nothing about what, what I, I, I think ain't, ain't got nothing to do with what you think. It has nothing to do with your pleasures. Matter of fact, you will wind up giving up some of the stuff that you want because you are committed. Isn't it strange how people say, the pastor, the leadership, all of them are supposed to be committed. But as a member, I get to do what I want to do. I didn't read that nowhere in the handbook. What I read in the handbook is that it's a covenant relationship. Hey, y'all. All of us in here, we're in a covenant relationship. I don't mean to keep harping on it, but I'm going to tell you something. Friday night, I don't know, just for some reason, that, that, that really blessed me about encouragement. And I know y'all say, that sounds so simple. Just to, listen, you can say what you want to. I could do better and more when my wife encouraged me. And I know she do better when I encourage her. Encouragement can move you a long way. And it ain't about me just mentioning it. You have to be in the place while, while the anointing is flowing on it. I know you listen to what I'm saying, but if you were here when the anointing was flowing on it, when the max was teaching it, I'm telling you. And don't be like some ushers. They only come to church when they got the usher. Don't be like some teachers. They only come to the... To the the Bible study or the teacher when they teach it. Everybody else teaching, I ain't coming. Hello. Say, brother, you're going to be in church this Sunday. It ain't, my, it ain't my time to be on the security team. What? If you ain't on the security team, minister, that's how you should be in here sitting down. Listen to the word. We need committed people everywhere. It's sad that we don't have that many singers. Polar Jared, he just got to do this, do that, do that. For, for years, done it, just bless his heart. Couldn't get nobody back there to help sound team. Now he, now he, now he got a little brother, uh, Sam. Here. God bless you, brother Sam. Hallelujah. Everybody's standing. We ready.